Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So prep versus pep uh, is something that uh, is something that we need to be familiarizing ourselves with, and uh, this is obviously a conversation that we want to have with you around HIV and AIDS. My guest is Danielle Travel, medical doctor working as a research clinician at Vit ARHI, and her work is focused mainly in sexual and reproductive health and HIV prevention. A very good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, uh, Doctor Travel. Thank you so much for having me today. Okay, so please assist us. P-R-E-P. P-R-E-P, what is that? P-R-E-P is PrEP or oral PrEP is what's available in South Africa at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. Mm -hmm. So oral pre-exposure prophylaxis is the use of antiretrovirals, two antiretrovirals in specific, um, to prevent HIV before an exposure to HIV. Okay. It's a medication that, yes. And that that can be taken orally. That's an oral medication. Yes. All right. And then there's a PEP, the distinction P-E-P. between the two. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I think the reason that there's often confusion between the two is that both of them are using antiretrovirals in order to prevent HIV. And um, we're used to using antiretrovirals to treat HIV. Mm-hmm. We're giving antiretrovirals to HIV positive people mm-hmm. who we initiate as soon as we diagnose them, put them on a combination of three medications, hopefully in one tablet, that they'll take for lifelong in order to keep them well and healthy. Yeah. And more recently, we now have antiretrovirals that we can use for prevention of HIV. So both PEP, yeah. P-E-P, and PrEP, P-R-E-P, are for HIV-negative people to prevent them from getting HIV. P-E-P, or PEP, is post-exposure prophylaxis. And this is given to people after potential exposure to HIV, Prophylaxis is just a fancy word for prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, so once someone has had an exposure, for example, a sexual assault or unprotected sex uh, with a birth condom um, or people who inject drugs, sharing needles, um, or also commonly an occupational injury in a hospital, so a needle stick injury on eye flash, we can give them antiretrovirals to reduce their risk of seroconversion, so to reduce their risk of becoming HIV positive. Um, and and that, that is a PrEP that we're discussing, Correct. No, this is PEP. This is the PEP. So, so, so this yeah. is this is immediately after an, an incident. For instance, if if you in- feel something has happened and you want to then prevent going forward, you'd be the, then giving him PP. I Excellent. I ima- I imagine that, for instance, if one is in a relationship with with a partner who is already HIV positive, then maybe you'd be looking into the PrEP. But yes. is that is that the only kind of candidate who should be taking the PrEP? No, so I just want to correct one thing. So for post-exposure prophylaxis, Mm -hmm. people should come into a facility within 72 hours. It doesn't have to be immediately, immediately. As long as you come within 72 hours, you can access post-exposure prophylaxis. And you'll take that only for one month after an exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you take it for one month after an exposure and we follow you up for about three months after that to ensure that there's been no seroconversion. Okay, that's obviously post-exposure prophylaxis. Pre-exposure prophylaxis, we recommend to people who feel that they are at risk of HIV. So there hasn't necessarily been a direct exposure, but they feel like they have risk-taking behaviors that may increase their chances of getting HIV. And so pre-exposure prophylaxis is not linked to a specific exposure. You're preventing going forward. And so you've given a really good example of someone who's in a serodiscordant relationship. So someone who's in a relationship with someone who's HIV positive may want to protect themselves from HIV. But there are lots of other people who may feel that they are at risk. 
And we recommend PrEPs to people who feel that they are at increased risk of HIV. But now, and what is what is then the recommended the recommended dose? Could you just take it forever and ever? Amen. Or you know, is there a limit to how much you can take yes. the PrEP? That's an excellent question. So what we recommend is that people take it. So it's a daily dosage. You have to take the PrEP every day for as long as you feel that you are at risk. So it's not a panado. You can't take it today to protect you. It's more like the oral contraceptive. It works for as long as you take it. Oh, I see. And we recommend people use it for periods of their life where they feel that they're at risk. It's not intended to be a lifelong medication. And good examples of that um, are if someone works as a sex worker, mm. they may feel that they are at increased risk of HIV. And if they stop working as a sex worker, that risk may dissipate and therefore they stop PrEP. Or we have a lot of young women who come into the inner city um, to study. And while they're here... Um, they may have a blesser or multiple partners who are supporting them and or and they struggle to negotiate condom usage. So they feel that they're at increased risk for the nine months while they're studying in the inner city. Mm. When they go home at the end of the year for the three months, they stop their prep because they don't feel that they're at risk. And that's completely appropriate use of prep. So um, the, 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 the caveat to that yes. is that the guidelines, government guidelines recommend at least seven days of daily dosing in order to reach optimal drug levels in your blood in order to be protected before an exposure and 28 days after an exposure in order to be optimally protected. And PrEP has been shown to be about 90% effective in protecting you against HIV. Okay. I mean, let's talk about the side effects just so that one can, you know, talk about are there side effects that will be a turn off for somebody who really wants to take it, but then it's just too difficult to, to consume PrEP? That's an excellent question. I really hope that the side effects are not too much. There are side effects, but they're only experienced by about 1 in 10 people. So most people do not experience any side effects. Mm. The side effects are mild and self-limiting, meaning that they don't cause any damage. And if left alone, they would, they would all go away within one month. These side effects are commonly kind of tummy stuff, mm. so mm. nausea, constipation, tummy cramps, diarrhea, which are all really easy, to, really easy to treat. So if you do experience side effects, we really recommend that you come into the clinic so we can help manage them and also know that they're not causing any long-term damage and they will go away within the first month. So, I mean, the success rate of, of PR, of PrEP, do, do we know how successful it's been? I mean, you've, you've spoken of how, in terms of how many people would not be infected, but in terms of the numbers that are of the people who are taking uh, PrEP, do we know um, whether we've been able to roll this out successfully? So, so in terms of how successful it is in protecting HIV, there's a lot of data from all over the world, including South Africa, in both preclinical and clinical trials that have shown that it's about 90% effective in protecting people against HIV if used as a primary HIV prevention method. In terms of rollout, we have a massive scale-up happening in the government sector at the moment of, of, of PrEP. The government started a staged rollout in about 2016, um, providing PrEP to key populations first. And I think that this was a wise decision, kind of learning lessons as we went along about scaling up a new program. And currently, the next big phase is the next phase, which is about scaling PrEP up to adolescent girls, focused on adolescent girls and young women, but to the general population in the primary healthcare sector. <laughs> and so already more facilities uh, in the city of Joburg are starting to provide PrEP. 
Let me just take a quick break. And uh, I've got someone here who is an advocate of uh, PrEP because they are a user themselves and they want to just give us their own experiences of having uh, used this particular um, PrEP, this medicine. And uh, we're just going to be here from, we're going to be hearing from him in a short while. And we'll also take your calls if you are on medication and uh, let us know how you're being treated. Let us know how the side effects are affecting you on, on 891 at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. So we're discussing this afternoon uh, treatments of uh, HIV and AIDS and uh, pre-exposure to the virus and then post-exposure to the virus. And my guest is Dr. Danielle Travel, who is a medical doctor working as a research clinician at Vitz Reproductive Health and HIV Institute. I've also got somebody here who is willing to share his story with us, Pomlani Kango. Um, you are a, sex, a sexual health advocate. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming through. Thank you for having me, Pamela. So just Talk to us about um, your journey uh, as, as a, you are an influencer and so on, but your your use of PrEP. When did you start being aware of PrEP? Um, so <clears throat> I've been aware of, uh, about PrEP for about two years now. So I'm going to be finishing two years actually in November, funny enough, of being on PrEP. Um, so just learning about it was because of, as the doctor mentioned, because of sexual um, behaviors that we exhibit, the risky sexual behaviors rather. Um, so I was in varsity and obviously young, um, wet behind the ears, don't know much. Um, and I'm also part of the key populations because I am a gay man. So there isn't that much I got regarding information on on sex um growing up so which is why i ended up becoming an advocate for prep because of the fact that i felt that this is something that everyone needs to know about Mm. um and also the little influence that i have i might as well use it for for good because as i mentioned growing up i didn't have anyone who could tell me about prep Mm. or who could tell me about how i can um ensure that i'm 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 safe and protected whenever i'm engaging in the sex that i enjoy was it well i mean i'm just trying to to see the decision itself Mm. was it an easy one it wasn't because I actually started on post-exposure. Okay. Um, so I had an accident um, while I was engaging in, in intercourse mm. and I ended up getting on post-exposure. Okay. Um, and then while I was having a conversation with my counsellor, she mm. mentioned um, this wonderful pill called PrEP and she was like, it's something you can consider and she gave me pamphlets. Mm. And then after my 28 days, I came back and I was like, why not? I don't have anything to lose. Mm. So I might as well just be active yes. for my own sexual health because we take care of our physical and our mental health but when it comes to our sexual health we don't often take it as serious as our other compartments of health what were your concerns i mean i'm just wondering you kind of stumbled upon it after a scare Mm. right yeah I'm, i'm just wondering whether you would have taken it up had you not had a scare i to be quite honest i don't think so because um Funny enough, I didn't even know that it existed. And there were people that were around me who actually were on it and they weren't talking about it openly. But I don't think I would have gotten on prep had I not had that scare. Hmm. Doc, you know, this is interesting because he says uh, there there are people who he knows who are on it, but who have not discussed it. And I'm just thinking about when you actually open up this can of worms about who should be on it. I probably want to say to everybody want to be what needs to be on it. And I mean, is that as a clinician, is is that kind of where you are at now where you're thinking, you know, actually it wouldn't be a bad thing like a vaccine, let's just all take it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was such a wonderful story about PrEP use. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and a very common story. We see a lot of people being exposed to PrEP by first uh, encountering post-exposure mm-hmm. and then kind of transitioning onto PrEP thereafter. Um, I think that two years ago, the PrEP landscape was very different to what it is becoming today. And two years ago, a lot of people had never, ever heard about it before. But it's becoming kind of more pervasive and more commonplace, and people are starting to talk about it more. And, you know, even just having it on radio today and having someone share their experience, I think, is indicative of the change of the time. And I'm hoping that more people are going to start coming forward. Um, I don't think we should be limiting who can access it. And I think mm. anyone who feels that it's for them and what they want, and as long as it's medically safe for them to take PrEP, I think we should be encouraging them to do so. Mm. How long are you planning to be on it for? Um, is, this, is this something that you plan to sort of be your lifestyle going forward? Um, yes. Um, like, I'm actually excited because research around PrEP is also, like, progressing. So, for example, the Desmond Tutu Foundation in Cape Town is busy with um, a trial where they're testing um, once a month shots of PrEP. So, it's something that I'm going to keep on Mm. taking as far as long So instead as of a once a day, it would be once a month? Yeah, so it's, it would be an injection instead yes. of like a daily tablet. So um, it's something I'm going to carry on taking for as long as I still engage in intercourse and it's something I probably will yes. carry on when I have a partner. Did, did was Were the side effects dif- dif- difficult for you or how did you feel when you started taking it? Um... Funny enough, I didn't have, I didn't experience any side effects, but okay. the, like it's normal if you take a tablet without eating that you'll feel nausea. Yes. So, for example, I used to take my prep in the morning at 7 a.m. just mm. before work, and then I'd only eat breakfast when I get to work at, at half seven. So I ended up changing it and moving it to the evening. So now I just take it at 8 p.m. and then I sleep. So I hardly ever experience anything. And even mm. with going out and having to drink, I don't have, I don't experience any mm. side effects or anything weird mm. like that. Mm. It really is amazing and I mean just to wrap it up Doc uh, this is such an interesting case study um, how difficult is it to access PrEP so in other words if you are a sex worker for instance you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking I'm a great candidate do you actually have to sit in front of a doctor and explain yourself or you can just walk into a clinic and say please may you just give me PrEP um, so at the moment I think what's really important is that PrEP is is for HIV negative people yes and because it's only two antiretrovirals, we want to make sure that we're not giving it to HIV-positive people who need three drugs to treat them. And so you need to go into a clinic because you need to be tested for HIV um, and to also have some other screening procedures before you can access the medication. Um, and so it doesn't need to be a doctor. It can be a nurse. It's an incredibly quick visit. It's mm. not very time-consuming. Um, we keep the visits really, really short. Um, and there are many kind of facilities that you can access across um, the city of Joburg and, and beyond. Um, to access PrEP at the moment. At the moment, there are some people um, doing community-based initiations, but you will have to at least have an HIV test before initiating PrEP. Are there any reasons why anybody wouldn't be able to be a a, a good candidate, apart from the fact that you are already HIV positive? Um, No, there are not many reasons why. There are some medical contraindications. And so if you are on medication that interacts with the drugs um, that are in PrEP, um, then you wouldn't you you may not be able to take it, or we have to do some sort of dose adjustment. Um, but other than that, most people are eligible for PrEP. And if you're interested, don't don't let that hold you back. Go go to a healthcare facility and let them do that assessment for you. 
All right, really thank you so much for the time you've given us, Dr. Danielle Travel, medical doctor working as a researcher at the Vits Reproductive Health and HIV Institute. And I want to also thank my guest, Pumlani Kango, who is our case study and who is an advocate of um, a sexual health, re, uh, reproductive sexual health. And uh, he's an advocate for PrEP as well. So really lovely having you in studio. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Pamela. Two o'clock now. Let's go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in news.